SFJ 4x4 Studios presents in my in my oversized four-wheel drive Jeep a Jeep podcast starring industry experts pure monosity what what <laughs> say that again with mad scientist Scott Brown use my drill press as a sort of lathe our host Neil Simpson if one light goes out they all go out filled with shenanigans we we are really professional with jeeps this is i speak jeep all right good morning jeep family i am neil with simpson family jeeps sfj4x4.com and scott brown mad scientist yes mad scientist on our, our and 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 of course always best friend of you know darn near 20 years at this point yep um and we are here on i speak jeep to discuss all things Jeep and off-road and lifestyle related. So we welcome you to a further edition, episode number six. And uh, they just keep getting fun and funnier as they go. Um, and our big thank you to our production staff here. With uh, We have this lovely things on the screen here and we we go live continual improvements continual improvement and that is the sfj way right so how was uh how was how was the mad scientist how was uh the 30 any updates on your 36 uh it's a very busy weekend so uh only thing i did was torque my front spring add spacers that our local older mad scientist uh carburetor expert made for me oh (laughs) what'd he make he made me little spacers uh, because my OCDness uh, wanted the castle nuts to go have the castle or uh, split pins or cotter pins through the castle nuts. Uh, and uh, if people that don't know, early Fords uh, very seldom use any lock washers. They had castle nuts everywhere, hmm. everywhere, and fine thread uh, bolts and hardware. Uh, that it's like is, tractor technology. Sort of, yes. And uh, when I got the car, the nuts were way up here, and the holes were down here, and the pins are down, you know, just hanging out in space, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> so I uh, measured up washer thickness, and then I didn't like the fact I had a washer on a washer on a washer on a washer. Oh, yeah, no. So Not okay. And then I tried washer, lock washer, still wasn't thick enough. And I didn't like the fact I was using a cutter pin plus a lock washer. I wanted one option. Wow, who, the train. There's spe- just yes. special appearance by the train today. Yes. If, if you've been here, you know why. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Connie out and trains are completely synonymous. So um, we were actually talking about getting used to how we grew up this morning versus our lives now. And when I grew up, I was spoiled to the fact that my dad had a mill and a lathe and a welder and a plasma cutter. You need a brake. Uh, a brake and a lift and a bench that you could beat on all day long. It was literally lagged into the wall. It's important to note, he was not actually a professional mechanic. No, right? These are hobby. all These are all hobby, but this was not hobby-grade stuff. He, you know? he was a machinist, a self-employed machinist. But So when we wanted to be like, oh, we have this piece of tubing. It needs yeah. to be... One point blah, blah, tall. He had the mics for it. We went over the lathe. It took two seconds. We were done. Now I'm trying to figure out how the heck to do that with a grinder and a hacksaw. <laughs> and I, like, uh, used my drill press as a sort of lathe the other day. And, and I'm You really used sh- your drill press? Yes. 
as a sort of lathe, sort of lathe. the other day. Yep. I want to expand upon thought. that. I want to expand upon that real quick. <laughs> no, and and no, absolutely, it is not more common than I thought. I, I found uh, other people in my situation. I, I've been around the block a couple times, <laughs> and and at no point in time is a drill press a sort of lathe. So tell me more about that. So I found a video, and it's a like. Uh, YouTube, well, it's a YouTuber that does early four. Oh, uh, YouTube Mustang University. Guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, I know where this is going. He has a mill, and he wanted to clean up the bearing surfaces of his spindle on his Mustang project. He has a 67 Fastback, which, oh, who wouldn't want that? But, right. Uh, right. Instead of just taking the emery cloth and, like, turning it on there by hand, he did uh, Scott and Greg problems and wanted to use his machine to oh. do this. So he made us... What uh, a steady rest, or uh, uh, I'm trying to remember what they want to call that. It has a, a point with a bearing in it, and it goes into a vice. Yes. And it, some type of all or true, something to true it up. True it up. So that goes in the vice on the mill, and then it's in the a collet on the top, and so it would turn true. And he turned his mill into a pseudo lathe. And I was like, oh, I have a drill press. I can do that, sort of. So what did you use the bearing and some type of true point? No, 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 no. I just, you didn't do it that well. I didn't spend well. three hours. You didn't do it that, that well. But uh, to make these spacers, I wanted them to be a little bit nicer. So I was like, hey, Bob, can I come over? And he was busy. Darn retired people being busy. Oh, you know? they're, the most reti- they're most busy. Uh, but he ended up making them for me on his time by himself. I wanted to be part of it, you know, bonding moment, but oh, well. Okay. <laughs> he did. Okay. It was super nice, old car guy level. Oh yeah, quality precision. Yeah. Bob's done. Bob's obviously done some work for us uh, oh, yeah. on the carburetors, and then some of that that old school. Um, we had a block that needed repaired. We had a we had a numbers matching Jeep, yep. and we wanted to keep the block repaired, and so he did the uh, stitch lock repair for us. Yep, which Bob's was a super cool, uh, quiet, yes. humble, very humble um, hot rod builder who's yep. got that cool. Uh, got a uh, he was really into into cool things before they were cool because he's got a flathead V eight um, stash. Yep. Well, he's got a Model A with a flathead in it. And that's Does he have a couple flatheads? Well, everybody has a couple flatheads. I don't have any in, flatheads. I can ask it. the guys here. And, and there's nobody, no, nobody. No, see, this is like using. If you own a flathead car, if you own a flathead car, you have a couple flatheads. That's just what you do. Hmm. It's like uh, the fine print. As you buy the old car, it like says you will purchase extra parts. And included in that is a extra flathead motor. Hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a, uh, a hump of disbelief, but yeah. I but I it's like having a, a small block three fifty. If you're a Camaro owner, you got to have a four bolt main under the bench. A four bolt main, not, give under the bench. You gave him too much credit. It's under a tarp in the oh, backyard. Oh dear, uh, on a tire. Oh, everybody I know has it under their bench. Oh wow, that's my dedicated spare motor spot. Your dedicated spare motor spot. <laughs> All right, so you 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 did some professional fabric cobbling um, on your hot rod. No, yourself. it was actually professional because I just installed them. He made them. So. Oh, okay. But now I have you know cotter pins through my castle nuts and i feel better all of that see just put this in perspective <laughs> all of that has yes. to do with castle nuts cotter pins and the lack of lock washers yes really if we s- s- summarize that in yes. general so all right well we're going to get on with uh <laughs> what we're talking about today we're going to be doing uh, a little more in jeeps myths and legends yep. uh we have obviously our product we uh typically throughout our 
our, our session here, we like to talk about a product, specifically products we use, why we like them, what we use them for. And we have joining us today, uh, obviously, is uh, Optima product line. And we have the, the very fancy charger, uh, which we use here on site. And um, if you tuned in last week, what were you going to say? I'll regale you with Optima facts in a little bit. Here. Oh, my. I, I can't. <laughs> I hope you will. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, as, 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 as we regal, regal each other, uh, I will be singing uh, once again. again. And, um, so if you missed last <laughs> week, it's also important to note, these videos go up on YouTube every Friday. So if you miss us on the Facebook Live or, you know, maybe you have trouble with the audio or something, make sure you, you like and subscribe, follow us on YouTube to get these podcasts um, every Friday in your inbox. And... Uh, and and with without further ado, um, oh, and make sure that you jump on to if you're on the feed, you can reach out to us. I see. Uh, Thanks, David. Yeah, I see David Jones, who's uh, who's logged on a couple times, and we appreciate you you logging on and enjoying you know what's going on here at the shop. Um, and uh, you can comment, and we'll we'll obviously respond to you and and talk. And uh, I know our one of our subcontractors who does all of our toes and our undercoating does phenomenal undercoating. If you've ever got um, gotten our uh, our undercoating job done here, he jumped on last night. He also uh, moonlights as a lead singer in a local band, yeah. um, which I understand Davey's gone and listened to quite a few times and danced his, his heart out too. Well, well, if you do good on this this song, maybe you can come in and do a side cover with him or right. something. Right? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I will. I, I'm, I'm the I'll do a special appearance yeah. with Hilltop Honey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We were talking about having sure. him Super come excited. here and sing. Oh my God. <laughs> we'll find time for that. I don't know how he finds time for it. he finds time for it. Good. Small business and and lead singer stuff. So, and then uh, um, as as far as uh, as far as some the twelve the twelve. Uh, Jeeps of Christmas. If you missed that last week, we covered one through three. Apparently, I've been told I'm going to have to cover one through three again. That's how the song Add works. to it. You've got to start from the beginning every time. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, That's why painful. the song goes on and on and on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and since there are three sessions uh, up leading up to, to our Christmas break, and we will be taking a break, we won't be doing a session post-Christmas. We won't be doing a live uh, post Christmas, we are doing uh, the the three ghosts uh, per per the Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens Christmas Carol. Uh, the but three ghosts, Jeepified. but Jeepified. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, uh, so on on with that celebratory fact, we're going to be talking today about the ghosts of Jeep Miss Past. Jeep Miss Past. Jeeps, Jeeps of the that past. Didn't make it. Yeah, Jeeps that didn't make it. And <laughs> while that's sort of a, a loaded statement because none of my Jeeps make it out alive. No, well, very few. Very few. Count on one hand that have made it out alive. Absolutely on one hand. Yeah. And yet I'm still scrolling, you know, Facebook Marketplace being like, oh, you know, I really need. It's just required. Ah, that's at least you're focused. You're just looking at, you know, like I'm sure it's semis, tractors, Jeeps. That's, or or but, mine's early Fords. Tractors, Jeeps, trucks, yeah, <laughs> machinery. Oh, so right now mine is uh, Comanches, right? Again, it's you, it's a sickness. I had enough? four Comanches. I've had four. Yep. I think um, one of them got out alive. Dating. No, 
No. The long bed get out of the life? No, the long bed got the engine ripped out of it, and I sold the shell off to somebody. That, it got and out mostly alive. It got out mostly alive. It was sold with a, a, a clean title and clean bill of sale. It was sold as a vehicle. There you go. It made it out of life. It did not have a drivetrain. Eh. You know what? I actually tell the story um, as I drive to, to Pittsburgh. Now, first of all, this this Comanche is, is absolutely one of my, my favorite. Now, we told uh, a story about us. When I got kidnapped. In yes, the farmer's field. In the farmer's field, <laughs> um, we were just off to the side. We would never trespass on a farmer's actual field. Yep. We were just off to the nervous. side driving the tractor path, their access path, and there was woods on the one side. And this is we told this story in Wheeling. Very long and truck. It, it was a it was a long bed. It was a long bed Comanche. Way longer than this trail was allowing. And well, and and so and this is important to know. I bought this truck for three hundred dollars at a garage sale, and, and you drove it for like. Three years. So this is the, this is what I was going to say. I was, I was telling can't my kids this anymore. story. No, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> um, but I was telling my kids that every time I drive into Pittsburgh, and if you've ever driven into Pittsburgh, uh, if you're coming down 79 South, it's just all these mountainous hills, and it's just ups and downs and, and all that bridges. kind of stuff. Well, and bridges, under bridges. <laughs> in, in the drive in, right, we're, trying to, we're talking about doing highway speed. And so I had this Comanche as my daily driver. Which it really was. Which it really was. And fortunately, at that time, I had a membership to Sam's Club. Mm -hmm. So I was buying the cheapest low-grade oil by the case and just keeping it in the bed of the truck because I would leave home. This is an early four-liter, and it just has to have oil. It had no rear main seal. I mean, just a not not just a like a leak. But it's trying to preserve itself. That's why it got sold as a shell. That's why it was actually sellable as a shell. (laughs) You're absolutely right. So I had actually have to leave. I I had to put a court in. Thank Um, God it got leaky early enough to save the floorboards. That's true. Look at you looking at the silver lining. (laughs) Amy had a 91. That did not happen. It did. Well, the leaky main seal did happen. The Cherokee. But. The floorboards were well gone by that point. I, I bought those floorboards. You bought replacement floorboards? I bought them from no, you. No, that wasn't actually for that, Jeep. Oh, that I one th- got a piece of oak. We'll be back after a quick break. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. (laughs) I would have to stop on my commute into Pittsburgh. So I always tell my kids now, See that hill over there, that pull-off on 79? That's where Daddy broke down. That's where Daddy would pull off, and I'd have to put oil in the Jeep. And I just knew that there were certain pull-offs Family on 79. As I drove in, I would have to put oil into the Jeep. And then as I left my workplace, and it's important to note, mm-hmm. I was not employed as a mechanic or anything mechanical. I was an after-school uh, program supervisor for the museum. So I was kind of in a, in a collar, you know, tie job. Yeah. And here I am out... 
uh, you know, inner he city Pittsburgh. Best and is pretty close. I do. I do. I, <laughs> In I, inappropriate I, situations. <laughs> well, that's that's bringing up a wheeling story yeah, as well. My 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 we'll pretty close. <clears throat> but that's I, I was I, I like to point out as we drive into Pittsburgh. I'm pointing. Oh yeah, that stop. I'd stop and put oil in. Or hey, that's the time that uh, you know a wheel fell off from the ball joints going bad. And so here we are talking about ghosts of cheap pass right. that didn't make it. And here we yes. are talking about one that did make it. So oh. which one do you want to talk about that didn't make oh, it? Oh my gosh. Well, no, that one, I, I'm telling you, it kind of didn't make it. No, it, it totally made it. Oh, wow. It, you didn't kill that one and I didn't kill that one for you. So therefore it made it. I see. It made okay. it out of your care. Well, as I pulled a the motor out of it. That's why I was just, I mean, I pulled the whole drive line out and I sold it. I, you know, and I would love to know it went off to Tynesta or uh, Titty mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Um, I mean, nothing comes I mean, out of there. If you start counting vehicles, you pull motors out of that killed them. I have a really bad list then. You have I'd an like to think list. that those went on and, oh. and, and found oh. restoration people. So I'm, I'm fairly certain this, the guy who bought this just buried it in his backyard. Well, that, um, that can happen, but it wasn't under your care. So I see. You gave see. it a chance. I see. Okay. Okay. Um, so, obviously, uh, I, I'm privy to Baby Jeep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baby Jeep was was my one of my bucket list jeeps it was um <clears throat> it's always bad when you uh have a loan on a jeep and it doesn't make it oh <laughs> oh <laughs> what the bank doesn't know doesn't hurt them right <laughs> the bank doesn't know doesn't hurt them yeah, remember they got- the conversation i gotta pay on this but don't actually have the vehicle anymore huh, <laughs> huh. that makes it sound really bad <laughs> I didn't even think and about that. It was that a '95 four-liter five-speed YJ. That was pretty nice shape. It was a it was a '95 five. Oh, I always liked it. I always liked it. Have ABS as well. It did, which is super weird. It had ABS and it had the TJ rear bumper. That's it right. had a TJ. Um, the so TJs have the windshield tie down that actually has the round uh, bumpers. See, this is bad. This is making me want to talk about a topic for next week, possibly. Okay. There, there is a, or the myths. Yes. Well, this goes into the myths. Okay. This they, is the. There's myths. a question that was there a '96 YJ? Uh, Yours kind of was a '96 YJ. Mine was as close to a '96, but of course, for federal and EPA emissions regulations and OBD2 that wasn't allowed. Right. It wasn't allowed. That's my that's my fine print blah, 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 that yeah. I always tell people. We weren't a Chrysler Jeep was not allowed to sell a '96. But we continued production on the 95s through 96, more or less. Pretty much. Um, OBD2 <clears throat> regulations happened in 96, and the YJ wasn't ready. For they weren't able OBD2. to retrofit it. And Jeep was seeing a declining um, sales of the Wrangler platform. They weren't even sure that they were going to continue uh, production of it, to my knowledge. And it was you know, this kind of this big phoenix rising out of the, uh, the ashes with the TJ. Yeah, then the TJ happened in... And and Blew the rest the is history. Off. That's why we're here at this point, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Um, but as far as the as Baby Jeep was concerned, I I bought that. Uh, it bought it out of West Virginia, actually. I think, yeah, or which just is southern. Why it was sort of nice. Yeah, it was Southern Pittsburgh or something. And um, you were super excited when you got it. I remember super that. excited because uh, again, You're a number of, back to your your high school days. Well, I was because my first Jeep was a Wrangler. Uh, a, a YJ Wrangler. That was my first Jeep, so it was you know nostalgic piece for me. But not the good four liter five speed pop. Oh man, it was a it was a four two five speed. Mm-hmm. So it had it was the worst. It was an eighty seven. It had a Peugeot transmission yeah. in it, which uh, again myths and legends. We that well, one should stay a legend at that at, point. At least I didn't help you 
kill baby Jeep, to my knowledge. No, I, I killed that one. I, I killed that one in, in its entirety um, by myself. Un, fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not sure. <laughs> but you know what? Again, uh, again, the loan was completely paid off on that eventually. Yes. Good standing. Um, everything's in good standing. <laughs> but every piece of that Jeep was sellable. Um, yeah. And I had. We uh, had those parts now. Ooh. ooh. Man, YJ Oof. people would go crazy. Oh my! But I, you know, we could also talk about bucket list jeeps, yeah. right? Because that was one of my bucket lists. I wanted that '95. That was what I would con- consider to be the quintessential uh, YJ Wrangler, the '95, late '95 production. Well, that can um, kind of show you like how your tastes change. What do you think you really want, and then you get it, and you're like, you know, yeah, I scratched right. that itch. Yeah, I scratched over that itch. It now I'm over it, and I, it's the same thing. We actually um, we had a. Uh, the, the V8, the 5.9 Limited Grand Cherokee, uh, I still kind of, uh, you know, kind of think about wanting one of those, but we had a fantastic customer who had one. We, we drug it to a couple shows. We got to build the heck out of it. Yep. Um, <clears throat> IRO uh, semi-long arm lift kit and, yep. you know, Doug Thorley V8 headers, you know, and, and so you have this 5.9 and we let it breathe and let it run. and Lots of America. Lots of just eagles flying from the... Uh, uh, from the from the exhaust when you you let it rip and it was a blast. But again, scratch that itch. I don't feel like I want to to own one of those as far as bucket jeeps are concerned. But baby jeep was a great one. And then baby jeep was actually the jeep that you know this business I owned when I went full time. And you and I wheeled down in uh, scrub grass, which we've talked about. Yep. Um, that harrowing adventure with the uh, the switchbacks as I. Yep, you almost know, died. Almost died in the in baby jeep. Yep. And actually, and and fortunately, somewhere out there, there's a picture of my my sister and maybe my wife and I. And actually, uh, baby jeep was on like bald bald tires. I had just bought it and I was trying trying to drive the tires off of it. Very pregnant thirty fives, if I remember right. No, no, no. Before that. Oh, before that. Before I lifted it. Before I done all that kind of stuff. Oh, it was that winter that I bought it. Oh, okay. And I was just driving the tires off of it and it just standard little two thirty fives, and. Uh, I spun off into a, I spent, I, you know, God, I, I've spun off into people's fields and yards a lot. When I apologize, I, you know, I would like to apologize <laughs> for all of the people that I have ever driven accidentally in your yard or field. And I, <laughs> I, haven't I done own that, that. Since high school. <clears throat> I, I haven't done that, uh, recently, uh, for professional reasons. And uh, but I, if I've ever driven in your yarder field, I do apologize now. <laughs> uh, with that, we are going to take a break for a commercial, and uh, and we'll see you shortly, Jeep family. Hey, Jeep family, we hope that you're enjoying this content, and we want to make sure that you head over to sfj4x4.com, find some of this cool merchandise. Give us a call at our facility, 440-813-3663. Option one. Option one. And make sure that you tune in to our live podcast every Monday at 1019 a.m. And check out our updates on YouTube on Tuesdays and Fridays. Until then, Jeep on. All right, back from that. So what were you thinking? What, 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 what's going to be my Jeep of yeah, Christmas I, I have some. I, I have like, some ideas about what, uh, what I should do. Well, no, that I have some favorites of yours that didn't make it. Okay. So uh, sort of didn't make it. Sort of didn't make it. Are, are you talking about the MBs? Maybe. <laughs> well, since you obviously count when the motors come out of them, that it's a big death of the vehicle. See, I, I don't think that makes that makes it because it, it's all restored now and pretty. 
<laughs> not under, not under now, your. Now you talk about Jeeps I actually killed, killed that were my ownership is I had a fleet of Wagoneers that I killed. Oh, you had a J truck as well. Yeah, the J truck made it out alive, technically, because I pulled the motor and sold that, but then I sold it off. And it did get planted in the field, and I did find it later, and I really wanted to buy it. My wife wouldn't let me. I was, um, thank you, Amy. Good yeah. choices were, yeah. were made. Still makes me sad. Totally not practical. Don't need it. Not good. I already got two regular cab pickup trucks in a stable now. I don't need a third, but God, that's my that Facebook J-truck. marketplace. I'm telling you. J truck was so cool. J truck. It was a 66 J2000, 327, three on the column, Dana 20 transfer case, uh, 27 front, I think, in that era, and a 44 rear. Um, Wait, what did you say was in the front, you thought? 27, I think. What year? 67? 66. Oh, 66. I think you're probably right. Yeah, closed knuckle. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Not a good axle at all. No. Not a good axle. <laughs> it had these really cool uh, steel wheels with triangles in it that were painted baby blue, and the truck was black with red accents. It was like a red, white, and blue with black truck. It was really weird. Oh, that's kind of cool, though. It had a really cool reflective Jeep logo on the back window, small back window. Yeah, I wanted to save that truck in the worst way, but I I did sort of part it out, sort of. It had a uh, the iconic grill. Oh, the Rhino grill. The Rhino grill. Yep. And uh, I paid, uh, I think, $100 for this truck, and I pulled the grill out of it, and we had a powder coat, and I sold it for, like, way more than I paid for the truck. And then I sold the motor for $75, so I had zero money in this truck. And then uh, there was a title issue. A uh, person I got it from didn't have the title in his name, which if you, you get an old vehicle, put the title in your name, please. Help the next guy out. Look, the bank, I even paid off the loan. I put that title. The, the vehicle didn't even exist anymore. <laughs> that was in my name. So. Right. Uh, <laughs> in any regard, uh, he had passed away. Nobody knew where the title was. It wasn't in his name. They couldn't file lost title. And then I uh, had made a deal. Uh, back this was back in the EJP forum days. Mm-hmm. I listed it for sale on there, and it's this sold. is when Young Scott got yelled at. Yes, yeah. said, when I killed the Wagoneer. This is a this is a ghost of of, <laughs> yes. of Jeep Miss Past, right? Yeah, I had this whole fleet of J truck and, and Wagoneers. It was also from this uh, collection, um, and he had some Willie's wagons too. That was really cool. But uh, so anyway, uh, I made this deal with the guy out of Erie. Sold it for a hundred dollars. And then I got a phone call, like, the night I sold it. Uh, he hadn't come picked it up yet. Hey, we found the title. Cool. And uh, sadly, I don't think he had the guy I sold it to had any luck transferring that because it was an Ohio title, and it was like the guy had died, like, 50 years before, and it was all those questions, you know. Yeah. Like, it's not stolen. We have the title for it, but it nobody did their job transferring anything right those those owners didn't do their jobs and yeah very challenging when you get that far removed from it but uh, talk about killing wagoneers i did not know young scott brown did not know that they changed uh axles under waggies like water Mm. um and i had there was just a brief moment where they had a disconnect front axle like a yj ish uh in a in a wagoneer where it was a 44 and it had a vacuum flipper beside the cover if i remember right and all i knew is i had wagoneers and they had 44s in them and everybody wanted them for swap axles Mm -hmm. and i had little to no money in these trucks and or or wagons and i wanted the motors and stuff out of them because at that point i was a full-blown amc nut 
and uh, the motors obviously interchange into AMC cars. Yep. And uh, I love me some AMC V8s. Uh, so you were talking about people with 350s under the bench. Uh, yeah. You've got like three or four 360s. Under I your... get nervous if I don't have a spare 360 in queue, even though I don't actually need You don't one. have a vehicle that needs a 360 at this point. Well, I do, but it really needs an LS more. It really needs an LS <laughs> more than anything. Sure. So, but early years, it was all about the 360. It was all about it. And uh, I bought a lot of them. About as many 258s Neil bought oh, for no God, money. I love a 258. I, I bought early amc v8s for like little to no money it was a bonding point for us in the very beginning (laughs) my my love of 258s and your love of 360s absolutely terrible motors in the grand scheme of engines in the world but let's just yeah that's insulting somebody's somebody's feelings are hurt right now but i I still love it even for its shortcomings i would still buy a 258 today right okay you come in with with a v8 for 75 dollars i probably have to buy it oh yeah You got a you got a junk two fifty eight. I'm coming out my pocket for fifty seventy five dollars without question. So anyway, uh, I pull this axle out. Guy's coming from here. He's all pumped. He comes up. He looks at the axle. He's like, "That's got a disconnect on it." And I'm like, "What? What's that?" Yeah, no idea. Yeah, he was not happy. He was not happy with me. Not happy. Sorry, whoever, whoever that guy was. I think, yeah, 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 I know better now. We have no idea who that person is. Like no. we probably know them at this point. Probably, you know. I'm and... still sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we should just retitle this podcast. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, That's classic. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, think that it was, was an the 84. I was going to say that was uh, the the Dana 44 disconnect in the wagons was in the early 80s uh, and it stopped by like 85 86. Okay. And because uh, at that time that you were doing that and obviously we didn't exactly know each other at the time, I was obsessed with this page called um mr dana 44 mr Mm. something's dana 44 and that's about the time that i was building my wagon axles for my 89 cherokee i did Um, think of another cool quick story on that note so in that lot there was two wagons and that j truck and one was an 82 and one was the 84 the 84 had gotten hit in the front and i had parted out the 82 and the 84 um those long got scrapped. There's so many good wagon parts. I just let go because I did no interest in them at that time. Yep. Um, shame what we know shame now. Shame what we now. know now. Yep. Uh, I literally think I gave the shells away to a guy that just wanted to haul them away. But uh, the 82 had a plow on it, and I had saved the steering column out of it because I'm a steering column hoarder from way back. Oh, yeah. And uh, we had that column up to about three years ago up on the shelf here still oh that's <laughs> and then i i stole it back oh it paid rent well and, I'm I, sure. and I you took, took it, it back i took it home i didn't even know obviously <laughs> and uh i needed the shaft out of it for i think amy's column in her cj because uh, a uh, full-size jeeps and cj sevens and fives the bottom is spline and that is the same uh from those so if you want to tilt column in a cj you can fabric cobble ish that together i i know the secret sauce of that but anyway right. it's not easy no but... it's not easy but, but we it, have done it but it can be done right uh the long story short though I, the keys for that jeep were still hanging the, in the ignition of this column and one day i'm talking to a, a friend that i actually met through owning the 45 mb when it stopped running at a car show and he starts talking about oh i had a wagon back in the day and uh the motor had a problem and i bought this wrecked wagon to take parts out of it and i never did anything with it and i sold it and i was like 
the, the radars going off. And I'm like, really? You had two wagons. One was wrecked. What, 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 what was it? I mean, oh, it was in the early 80s. I don't remember exactly. But, you know, I still have a key for it. So he gives me the key. I get that calm. And what do you think works? No. Uh-huh. No, it actually... <laughs> it was his Jeep. How many years removed was that? Oh, God. I mean, since it died, it was probably at least eight to ten years after it died. The column was just still there. And here it was his Jeep at one point. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> as much as I, I... We could continue to talk about that because I obviously I would... On this Jeeps of, of, of Christmas past, past right? And, and the, the challenges that that has been, uh, you got to... We got to spend just a couple minutes, but at some point in time, we could dedicate a whole a whole slew. But I, I you got to tell us about your forty five. Oh, so the the forty five is a fun story. Uh, Wait a second, I want to lead you up. I want to start you up, okay? Because because this actually involves us. And so early years, we would oftentimes. Um, interestingly enough, I had the truck and Scott had the trailer, which is really the the reality of the situation. He had a trailer that he he really couldn't pull comfortably across the country, and I had a, a, a truck that didn't even know the tra- truck and trailer were back there. Yep. And, uh, and so we ended up on a number of, of rescue missions to... I mean, that's what Jeep friends should do. That's is, right. Let's that's do right. that. That's right. So, <laughs> so I remember early on, um, your wife, I believe it was, yep. found a scrap piece of paper um, you know how, how old guys want to sell something, they go to the, the antique mall and they put a handwritten note and a little tear pieces little with their phone tabs. number, pull, pull, pull tab on the bottom. And yep. that's what this guy had done. And, and it was, my but wife, it wasn't at the, was it at an antique mall? It was. It, where? In, in Madison. There was an antique mall in Madison with a scrap piece of paper hanging on a cork board. Yep. Okay. And so next thing I know... Uh, you guys bring that in, and I have this scrap piece of paper with a number and maybe yeah. an address or something. I don't remember. And I think you called on it. I did. I'm the one who called because it was advertised as a uh, 1945 military Jeep. Yep. And that is pretty much all it said. Yeah, it was very vague. Exceedingly vague, um, which is fine because vagueness actually typically equates to affordability. Yes. Right? <laughs> so, um, so I call, and I vet the guy. Um, and he, he has all the right answers. He knows a good bit about it. I mean, reasonably speaking, you know, and he and just, I said, remember you calling me and saying, you have to come with me. You know, military Jeeps better than I do. Cause I had started assembling a military MB from pieces, which if you ever want to build a project, don't do that. Go nice. buy one, go buy something that's rusted to pieces, but looks like a vehicle. Please don't do what I did. Um, but anyway, so I bought, had this 43, which it did live, you know, I sold that and that went on to do greater things than me. Um, but anyway. It was on the cover of a magazine. It was. If that, if that tells you anything. <laughs> not, typical, under, not under his own Typical brown fashion. Um, but anyway, because of that, I, I, I nerded out on G503 and all mm-hmm. the MB groups and uh, knew way more than anyone should know about early MBs not owning technically one. That is your MO. That <laughs> and, uh, is your MO. So you're like, you got to come with me. You're going to know everything about it. So we go into uh, Madison and uh, into this little residential cul-de-sac where all the houses in the mailboxes match. 
And we're looking at each other going. Oh, I remember turning. We were actually up on Madison on the lake. Yeah. We were, we're actually we're like, a, we're not going to find this Jeep here. Here we are rumbling through a legitimate HOA. The, the yeah. mailboxes were the same. The numbering was the same. Diesel and smell here's my, off the here's my Here's my Cummins dually. Of course, you know, he's got the tow mirrors out. Oh, know, well, fashion. I, I run tow mirrors out <laughs> all the time. There's, there's no other way for those mirrors to be, obviously. Right. So we roll up, and I mean, Beautiful manicured spec built houses. Yes, and no, 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 no not, not, not like vehicles anywhere. Not, not at all. Yeah, no derelict vehicles. Not at all what we expected. So we to finally find. find the address. And we pull in, and there's a TJ that was super manicured, nice. Uh, and we're like, could he have been talking about that by mistake? Oh, absolutely. I thought for sure because again, right. it was so vague. At this point, we're like, this is not going to happen. This right. was a waste of a trip, and. Uh, a guy comes out around. He's like, oh, the Jeep's back here. So we walk around the garage and past the pool. Uh, and like a hot tub and, and a beautiful tub, deck. Yeah, and a small shed. And here's this military tarp. Yes. And he rips it back. And here's this shell of a Jeep. No front clip, no windshield, just a tub. And I'm staring at it. Do you ever have one of those moments where you really feel like the divine presence of God is behind, <laughs> above, you know, upon you? And like there's just – like just – the planets have aligned and doves are singing and I'm standing there. I'm completely unmoved by this. I'm all business. And I'm looking at Scott. He's like, talking he's about looking, it. And I'm like off and like, Oh yeah, this is absolutely <laughs> good. Scott is a statue. Just kind of, you know, tracing his fingers over this. Gene. Yeah. I'm standing behind it and I'm looking at this blue paint going, I've seen that before somewhere before. And then the guy, you had said something about the title. And he pulls out the title and he says, it's actually in my buddy's name still. Also title issues. <laughs> and I said, is his name Bobby? And he says, yeah, how do you know that? Because I know this Jeep. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a Jeep from your childhood, right? Yep, about eight years old. Uh, ironically, another 36 Ford sedan that I think we talked about in another podcast. Yep. Uh, the guy that had bought in that after my dad stopped working on it. I'm for sorry, he did what? Stop it. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> he had bought it. Okay. Stop it. Okay. Jeff's looking at the timestamp, so he knows how to make a, a meme out of that now. <laughs> so anyway, we uh, this MB was just forlornly in the corner. And at that time, I had no idea what an MB was. Didn't have the foggiest clue. At eight years old. At eight at years eight, old. Yeah. It had a hard top on it, had a plow on it, and it was hand-painted with a brush. A dark blue and then like a really light baby blue and uh it had sheet metal had been wrapped over it to make it not fall through uh because it had been a plow jeep its whole life but the dash was still od green mm -hmm. and the only thing i could remember about it other than it was super cool is it had toolboxes in the back corner mm -hmm. and i realized it was an mb when i got the 43 and realized well heck there's toolboxes there so excuse me um uh, here I am. This is the, literally the same Jeep. and uh, 20 years later. 20 years later at least. So on the way home, I'm begging Neil for anything I could hawk to buy this Jeep. And at the time, I had restored-ish a motorcycle. And I ended up selling it to one of Neil's friends mm. for $100 more than what they wanted for the Jeep or something. Or exactly the same amount of money. And I rode the, the motorcycle down to Meadville, sold it on like a Tuesday. Right. And on a Wednesday or so, a 
called the guy and said, hey, I got the cash for this Jeep, really want to buy it. And the guy says, oh, I actually don't want to sell it anymore. And I don't remember that like, part. Like my heart's in my chest, like, <gasps> just sold my bike and I got, I don't, what? And he's like, but I'll sell it to you because you have the history with it. That's cool. So then we went and got it. And, and he had to disassemble the fence. That's from right. From behind this house. That's right. And then we pulled this Jeep out. It's like the HOA is like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now everybody's, all the women are got their binoculars looking through their windows. <laughs> and we pull it out. We winch it. I, I think we rolled it up on the trail. We yeah. didn't have a winch. We yeah. weren't winching no, at that time. No. That's way too sophisticated <laughs> at that point. Don't put that on us. Or maybe we use my dad's come along. Oh, alongs. the come along that's that yeah. for many, many moons. You know what? So so that's a fantastic. We think we should end, end our, our, our own jeeps of christmas past there <laughs> um but as far as that era so 45 and 43 uh it probably segues nicely into the myth of of where the the term jeep came from yep. right because of course i have my favorite story of course well and, and i was gonna say that military era is really when jeep started to stick if yes. you will so what's your favorite story uh that, of, of the myth of where the the word or term jeep i came like from? the popeye version oh you like the popeye version yep so uh okay. popeye had a mythical creature called i'm sorry a what the, you know what we're gonna just do a special segment <laughs> on scott words scott, can't word say. scott says <laughs> i think that's a great idea <laughs> we're just davy will just clip <sighs> together a series of what I, and, and just just so if we can all share in this, Kirmanosity was still one of my favorite Scottisms. All right, so <laughs> mythical creatures. You can't even do it. <laughs> what, what? Say that again. Oh, Kirmanosity. So he'll say, out of pure Kirmanosity, <laughs> and we're trying to have a, a professional meeting, and I can't. I can't not address curiosity. It just makes me smile. So that's like the gifts I give. Yeah, the gifts, the, the gifts. Absolutely, what you bring to the table. I, I see. I have too many car facts in my brain, and that's, I can't. Oh my speak. god! Absolutely, never learned to talk good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Please tell me. Please tell me about. Please tell me about Popeye's mythical creature already. So anyway, uh, back during World War II era. There was Pape the Sailor Man, and he had Eugene the Jeep, which was a mythical creature, uh, right there on the screen. That uh, somewhere, somewhere. Yeah, I'm supposed to point here. I, I if I remember right, he was out of another dimension, and he could pop in and pop out at will. I and think that I, I heard that that actually was as early as like 19, like 07 or 11 or 17, somewhere hmm. in one of those. So it was actually. Almost pre even World War II. pre World War II was the first time that it was actually in print or in publication was pre World War II. In fact, okay. but, so but to your to your point, yeah, because the MB was such a light, nimble, uh, and it literally had handles on it, so you could drag it around things, and it was unstoppable in the eyes of the GIs. They started calling it Jeep because nothing could stop it; it could go anywhere, do anything it wanted to. Yeah, uh, ironically, quickly. I had gotten my child a, a Eugene the Jeep doll. Mm -hmm. They were terrified of it. Well, it is kind of a. I mean, it, nothing says you know the early the early nineteen you know hundreds by other than that character himself. <laughs> right. You know, um, Eugene the Jeep was just this you know kind of big nose, kind of round, you know, kind of rudely characterized. And I've loved him. 
um, forever. Now, where I was actually exposed, so I understood Eugene the Jeep, and I kind of understood him as a Popeye character, <clears throat> but had never actually put together the story you just shared until I was a young adult. And I was, um, those of you who are not familiar, I was actually employed as a professional adventure course climber at one point. And uh, so we'd actually You're certified for that. Aren't I you? was, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, and so zip lines and challenge courses and all those kinds of stuff. That's I would instruct and whatnot. And oftentimes you use nicknames, just kind of part of the culture there. And uh, I was climbing with a guy named Jeep, and I was all giddy because I thought he liked off road vehicles and jeeps. Wasn't at all. It was wasn't it? at all. It was because he was so nimble on the course. And that he was, you know, he could be on this part of the course and then down here and then up here and zipping across um, that they called him Jeep. Was it because of Popeye? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, and actually he explained that. Um, and he had little Eugene the Jeep uh, caricatures, caricatures. Hmm. See, other people oh, do it no, too. That's going to not be... just me. Oh, God. That's, that's, gonna be... that's the remix right there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He had the little stickers of Eugene the Jeep on his climbing helmet, which I is very cool. So, um, so obviously we have that one myth. The other, the primary contender, which is the one that I subscribe to um, more so, though I love that one that you shared, was the was the GP stamped on all of the military items. So well, of now, course, now you got to tell people what a GP is. <laughs> See the stress. Yeah, see the stress on my face. You want me to um, take it from there? Yeah, you're going to have to take it from there, though. I do know this story. So GP was the first uh, concept vehicle Ford produced for the military. That's why the production one was GPW. Is They just added on to the name. But the GP was a little uh, Ford-only uh, specific Jeep uh, that they made for the, the Army. They also had the Bantam. And they had the uh, Willys MA, yes, uh, which is before the MB. And as we get closer to Bantam Jeep Heritage Festival, we'll have to address yes. the the formulation. I would love to. We could spend so much time all, all the time. all the time on on just that. But when we look specifically at the GP, but I also think there was the which, which so, stood for general purpose. <clears throat> general purpose. Yep. And if you slang that out, it becomes Jeep. Correct. Yep. And I know that there was a lot of GP stamped or emblazoned on crates and, and military items at that time yep. in some capacity. And so both we have it used on Ford's end, which actually developed uh, a nimble, light-duty four-wheel drive vehicle for the military. Which is why in the late 40s, when they started making civilian Jeeps, you, a Jeep would be on the uh, advertisements and they would have quotations Absolutely. around it. It wasn't technically official, I don't think, yet. Right. I, I don't know. But, of course, then we have the CJ produced by 1946. Yep. Um, which Technically, we have, 45, you could get a CJ really early production. You're right. Yep. You're right. CJ2A. Yep. There um, actually was a CJ1. They made two of them for Jeep myths. <laughs> a little tie in there. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. So um, <clears throat> as much as we could continue to talk about that very cool stuff, yep. tell me. So we have this beautiful unit here. Yep. Obviously, we have our coffee as well. Just if you are not aware, we have coffee and mugs for sale. Make great stocking stuffers. Yep. Locally made and, <clears throat> and brewed. Yep. Roasted. Roasted, yep. Roasted here um, in Ashtabella County. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, definitely a great stocking so, stuffer. So let's do a quick 15 minutes of, of Optima. Wow, I don't know about 15, but yeah, lay it on me. <laughs> lay it on me. So uh, Optimas are AGM batteries, and there's going to be a bunch of people going, what the heck is an AGM? That's a absorbent glass mat style battery. And the old traditional style batteries that we all kind of grew up using are what's called a wet cell battery, where they literally have water and acid in them. And uh, back in the old days, they literally had screw-on caps, and you would have a little thermo- uh, squeeze bulb that you would check how much was in it and play with acid quite on a regular basis as Absolutely. much as that freaks me out. Absolutely. And, and if you go further back, there's literally ga- glass cases that you could see the, the acid and stuff in. Hmm. And uh, you would have lead plates in that I was going to say lead acid. And so <clears throat> what, what's important to note is that lead acid technology is really what's used in, in many batteries up until current, well, really, right? Well, it still can get, you know, a wet cell battery a wet pretty cell. easy. All it your doesn't have the lead. That, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a faux lead or a recycled lead at this point, which on, ironically, I was actually surprised. Optimas only use pure lead. That's one of their things. Really? Mm-hmm. That's one of their talking points. 99.9% pure. There's lead in the batteries. Yes. Really? Yep. I they, didn't realize that we were legally allowed to use lead in, I, in the world, period. I didn't either. They also do not use recycled uh, plastic for the cases. That does not meet their criteria. Huh. That's 100% brand new polyurethane. Uh, polypropylene. Don't do it, Jeff. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but very, polypropylene, is, totally, I get that. You actually did a great job on that word. It's I'll a very high on tolerance on the case. It they is. They have a very uh, specific on it. I support recycled materials, but yes. I can also understand where Optima is coming from. Yeah, Optima does not use much, sadly. <laughs> huh, Good and bad, I guess. Uh, yeah. So they actually, uh, Optima, back in the 70s, did have uh, a maintenance-free lead-acid battery, kind of more what we are used to for commercial and military use. Um, so they have been around since the 70s. In the early 90s is when the battery we all know came to exist, and the, their specific claim to fame is called Spiral Cell Technology. So back in the, the olden days, and they actually do still have batteries like this, where the plates are just side-by-side side in very orderly straight rows. And then someone like Jeff or Neil came up and said, we can't, don't have to have them like that. We can make them any shape we want. Break the box. And uh, started making them round. Life. And that's why they have the characteristic shape they have. Uh, and, and in our pictures, you can see the round cells. Huh. And each cell, if I'm not mistaken, is 2.1 volts. They uh, stack up as many as you want. That's why a 6-volt battery is just 3 cells. 12 is, is 6 of those cells. Interesting. Um, so... They still do make plate style. Uh, they primarily in the yellow top line. Um, they're what are called the differences a pure flow. In the what are the differences in the lines? I know we have so, a red. I mean, they, they make it kind of it on easy to digest. Red tops are going to be your general run of the mill, average Joe battery. That's going to be primarily for starting your vehicle and general normal use. But it's they advertise a three times longer life, uh, 15 times more vibe resistant. So it's uh, a regular battery that's wet cell has a venting system. If you shake it like, a, like that, it's going to leak. Uh, Optima is not going to do that because the acid is actually impregnated into that mat. Huh. 
uh, which is why you can mount an Optima sideways, upside down, doesn't matter. Huh. Um, they say virtually spill-proof. They're leaving themselves an out. <laughs> They're leaving themselves a, just a technical <laughs> out on that. How many red tops do you own? Do you know? Uh, let's see. Right now, I think I have two. Okay. Um, pining for a third. But I actually was thinking maybe about a yellow top for the next one. And uh, we'll get to that why. Okay. Um, but the next one on my list is a blue top. Blue top is primarily for RV, boat, deep cycle use. Um, and, and the type of terminals that are on it will kind of automatically tell you that. They always have the small threaded connections that RVs and boats customarily use. Uh, yellow tops are technically a deep cycle battery, but they specifically make them for starting use where a traditional uh, deep cycle is not rated for that high discharge that a starting happens. Interesting. Yellow top's kind of a, you know, honey badger of batteries. It does a little bit of, of both the red top and the blue top. I've been coming to realize that over the last couple of years as well. But, of course, we were all sold on the red top coming out of the 90s. So, so here's something I was really surprised by, but it makes sense. As our Jeeps become more electronic and the demands uh, increase, if you go on Optima's website and you put in your Jeep information and you you know put in for your JK, they'll have two options for you. They'll have a red top and a yellow top. If you put in for a JL, the red top chance, uh, option goes away. Really? They will only uh, suggest a yellow top. Really? Isn't that interesting? It is. Uh, they're all about 800 cold cranking amps, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's healthy, to say the least. But they have an HD version on the JL, which is actually 880 cold cranking amps. Hmm. So uh, and it is a 34 series on the JKs, and then uh, there are DH6 or DH7 on the JLs. And the 6 does work both JK and JL. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm kind of intrigued by the yellow tops. I, I know some people have used them. I've never had one myself. Hmm. Uh, red tops have always treated me well. Uh, but Yeah, and the big thing about what we've found over the years with, uh, with Optima batteries in general, if you're going to use them, like yeah. really use them. They are a high-performance battery. Yeah, and that's, that's how they like to be treated, right? Yes. That they don't want to sit on the shelf mm-hmm. um, for three, six months. So for many of our customers who put their Jeeps up for the winter, or, you know, if it's a show Jeep or a, a specialty restoration, or even just a Jeep you don't want to get a lot of schmutz on, um, we suggest a battery tender. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is Optima's actual battery charger it's, and tender. It's their big, big boy. They this actually the have a boy. small, uh, cheaper battery tender specifically formatted for AGM batteries. And something else, too, I wanted to bring up. Uh, I believe JL batteries from the factory are AGMs because of the start-stop technology. I agree. Uh, they rated the higher load battery right from mm-hmm. the get-go because it literally starts and stops constantly, um, which is why they're going to a yellow top in that that platform. Without question. And so here's the thing with me with red tops over the years. I've actually used them as jump packs. Yeah, uh, not good so, for it. <clears throat> oh, oh, <laughs> not good for that. We don't approve of that here at SFJ. No, no. get a um, yellow top if you're going to do that and still expect a shorter life out of it. Huh. Because you, it needs... It needs that constant back and forth um, where it's getting charged. They don't. They like a surface charge. They don't like a deep discharge on an Optima. But that's why the yellow works well because it is meant to be the one that can discharge the most. So, uh, over up to 300 discharge recharge 
is what they rated at on the website. On the yellow or the red? On the yellow. Okay. Yeah, they actually put that out there that you should expect at minimum 300 huh. of full discharge and recharge. Interesting. Yep. So there is uh, a big thing. There was what was called the Optima um, loan a battery program, return a battery. <laughs> what was that? So uh, It was a joke more so, but it was yes. kind of real. So that is actually from uh, Roadkill fame mm-hmm. uh, where they – the Optima will take back your battery. They have really good uh, QC and uh, customer service stuff. And a lot of the times it's just the fact that a person discharged it too low and then didn't charge it up the proper way and it wasn't reliable for them. So Optima would, you know, I'm sorry, even though you technically ruined the battery, <laughs> right, here's right. another one, send us your old battery back. And they would charge it on one of these style chargers. I'm sure they have one, even a bigger battery one at their their Disposal, place. Sure. Um, and the battery is actually fine, but at that point they can't legally sell that battery. So they would donate them to Motor Trend uh, and Roadkill and those those places. And they used to call it their uh, Loan Optima program. Yeah. And they yeah. would constantly destroy them in any junk they found. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and they work right, and so yeah. I've had I don't know half a dozen of these um, in my lifetime at this point, just because I beat on them and use them. And I've had one last up over six years before. I, one of my early ones lasted forever as yeah. well, but I also didn't do. I didn't treat that one at all well. Oh, it, you didn't treat that one no. well? No, it was in the Gremlin. I'd park it for the winter, never unhook it, never start it, go out in the spring, start it right up. Hmm. When it got old, when it got into that sixth season, it didn't like that very much no, anymore. No, And it was like, rawr, rawr. And then that was pretty much it. So oh, that was the death of it. Huh? That was the death of it. Probably huh. could have made it go longer if I would have properly charged it. And well, and that was it. the thing. Maybe, obviously, there was some charge on it. Maybe it just that's a, a testament to how good the Gremlin charging system worked. Because the the biggest killer of the Optima batteries themselves, in my experience, is when they 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 discharge, they go dead. And then they stay dead for a, a period, of, period time. of time. That really seems to be what that's you know is the nail in the coffin per mm-hmm. se. Yeah, it, uh, it's very similar to a lot of the other high performance batteries like RCs use and that kind of stuff. You don't yep. want to let them go dead, dead. That's bad. Right. Sit too long and. Yep. A battery is all about the resistance, and the internal resistance is bad. You want a low internal resistance in order for it to be able to come back, and the more it sits dead that increases you're just taking days and and months and years off of the life of the battery at that point and it is important to know uh what we've experienced over the years with optimas is the the lowest amount of trickle charge actually lower and that's one of the advantages to this or some of the higher dollar chargers on the market is that they recharge or trickle charge back at such a low uh low voltage that the the optima can can really kind of see that or sense that that's actually what fills its fills its bucket um, versus uh, so when we all have our, our battery rechargers, you could have like a ten a ten volt um, or a two or amp. a two amp yeah. uh, ten, ten amp or a two amp, and uh, really neither of those work well on an Optima. Yeah, isn't it and like half a volt or something? It, it is like the lowest you can possibly get. It's like under one. Yeah, um, is really what the Optimas want to see uh, when they do go. Uh, when they do discharge, Which it's all about heat. Uh, back in the the wet cell batteries, you know you weren't supposed to. But back in the day, why they had serviceable caps, 
then is if you got them hot from charging them, the water evaporates. Absolutely. And you would just top it back off with some more and you could be okay. Uh, because these are sealed and because of the way it's in the mat, if you boil them out, yeah, they're done. Right. They can't come back. From Could you that. imagine if our of our car manuals still asked people to check the, the, <laughs> the water, water and in acid their, levels in yeah. their batteries? Yeah, that wouldn't go well. Oh. We can't check tire pressures and stuff in today's uh, world. We need our we need our, our electronic, our fancy JLs to do all that. And I gotta tell you, I love our JL, so I can't complain too much. No. But uh, um, so you're gonna regal us with some music I here? I am. I am. <laughs> I uh, we're at that point um, in our in our broadcast, and uh, see that, how excited he is. <clears throat> I'm, I'm vamping. I'm stalling, trying to muster up the courage to uh, to do this. And as requested, um, uh, I'm supposed to start with the first day. Is that is that accurate? Okay. Yeah. And he has pictures to put up as you go through. Oh, my god! Oh, don't worry about the pictures. Next week, Scott, you'll be holding them up. Oh. As oh. he goes, you got to keep up with them. Oh. I don't think that'll be that hard. Okay. Well. <laughs> gonna. This is, this is, this is dedicated. This is my Barry White voice. Oh, dear. I'm sorry, <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, so you know, oh. I can pitch tune you. Oh, oh, no. Oh, I could be auto-tuned. Oh, no. Watch out, Christina Aguilera. Oh, coming boy. for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a Jeep in Tuscadero. <laughs> I, I still don't. What, you explained to me what Tuscadero was. I need it explained again. It's, it's, it's from Greece. The, the city? No, the, the movie. The, the musical. Movie. Yeah. The I, would pink, like, I would like a Jeep. Uh, Mopar official to weigh in on on the the foundation of Tuscadero, the color. I, I take Jeff's, you know, since he's the resident JT owner. It's important to know that. that that Jeff has written this, and yes. just I'm just impressed. I mean, he 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 has obviously audio production background. Um, takes this very serious. Takes this incredibly serious, and he he builds a heck of a Jeep at this point. I mean, yeah. we've we've ridden him hard in the last six months. Yeah. Um, Maybe a haze or two, uh, but not just a haze. But I mean, we, we, hey, we've done some some some. Hey Trish, we've done some character building with Jeff as far as building Jeeps and bringing him into our My our dad special said, sauce. If I don't like you, I don't pick on you. Right, he's getting us back at this point. Though, I, you yes. know what I mean? And he's doing a phenomenal job moving this stuff along. Our, our, again, I can't say enough for the production okay. of the. De- oh, okay. I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> I thought I was going to just kind of, nope, you know, nice see us out of the... We're going to go in, uh, in overtime now. Well, we're going to go into OT. Uh, on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two e-lockers and a Jeep in Tuscadero. <laughs> on the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Three skid plates from Artec Manufacturing. Yes. <laughs> Two e-lockers and a Jeep Wait, in Tuscadero <laughs> from the movie Grease. It gets better. I, you know, first of all, I don't just use Artec lockers in our builds, but or Artec, oh, Artec Eaten. skids in our builds, or eaten just, just or just eaten. eaten. No, we use all everybody uh, as long as you're a reputable, appropriate product. It's just I really like Artec's laser okay, stop cut. Stalling. And uh, <laughs> Jeff made a point to show us that there were literally three Artec skids on this excited. last on this last build. Because we're um, like, who would just have three skids? Yeah, I was. Trying totally trying to throw him under the bus. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four D shackles 
three skid plates, two e-lockers, and a Jeep in Tuscadero. Also, in true fashion, I've not re—I've not pre-read any of this, so I'm getting to experience this is it. Fresh. This is fresh. I, I've purposely and accidentally not prepped anything on here. So, on the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden wheels from Dirty Life, four D shackles, three skid plates, two E lockers. And a Jeep in Tuscadero. And the last one for today. <clears throat> On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six inches lifted. <laughs> What are we working on? Uh, like a, a 1999 XJ that wants to run 35s? Who does six inches of lift? Five golden wheels, four D rings slash shackles, three skid plates, two E lockers, and a Jeep in Tuscadero. You want to tune in next week for when it gets longer. <laughs> oh, you do, huh? All right. Thanks for watching, Jeep family. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Uh, if you missed the, the live here, you can join us over at uh, YouTube. Um, make sure that you turn on all of those, uh, ring the bell so you get our notifications and follow all of our social medias linked in the description down below. And uh, head over to sfj4x4.com to get you some of this cool merch, uh, the mugs, the coffee. Some people have been asking about our hats. We're desperately trying to fill those orders for Christmas. They just um, go so fast. So hold in there. Hold the line because I think we're going to have uh, both the, the baseball caps and the, the beanies by Christmas. Uh, you can reach us directly on our social page, uh, email, or sfj4x4.com to get those things moving. Um, or obviously make an appointment with us, you know, by calling in or uh, jumping on the website to do those things. Until then, Jeep family, Jeep on.